Yeah, six degrees where you are. Well, it's it's warmer now. I I turned the heater on about an hour ago, so I did wonder uh, what what weather is like where you are this time of year. Like, because is it like Australia where it's like backwards in in seasons? I don't know. <laughs> no, so here in Japan, it's the same as you. We're in the northern hemisphere, so right. Um, Geography. So it's it's the same, but it's like in Tokyo. Like people that don't live in Tokyo say that oh, Tokyo weather is pretty damn good. It's not that cold, um, but for me it's cold, and uh, it's but it has sunny afternoons. So uh, between eleven and two, it's really pleasant. You know, it's it's sunny. It's it's kind of warm in the sun, yeah. but it's still only like twelve degrees. But uh, after before eleven and, and kind of after two. It, it starts to chill, you know, it's it's chilly. Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, you look cozy anyway, you're in your, your big jumper. I've got a cardigan to the side of it just in case I get cold, but yeah, we should be all right. That's what a cup of tea smell. Welcome to the Oil Concrete Podcast. Thank you, thank you. Say it. I mean, thank you, you for having me. You know, I'm like this is r- relaxed as anything. This is this is how I do a podcast. <laughs> Everyone else structures there, and I'm like, nah, we're just we're just going to dive straight into it. We'll start recording, and we'll see where it takes us. But welcome to the show. It's lovely to have you. I think I was doing the math beforehand. And I think you're the furthest away any guest has been from me geographically than anyone nice. else I've had on. I had one from Vancouver recently, who's like. 4,000 miles the other way uh-huh. and you're about 5,000 something yeah. miles the other way so you're just just wow. geographically further away so I need nice, to interview nice. someone in Australia and then I'll be in Hawaii Hawaii would oh. yeah would Hawaii Hawaii would almost be opposite then wouldn't it I don't quite know I'm not very good at geography let me let me let me do a quick google uh, whilst I do a quick Google, I'm terrible at introducing my guest. So, would you please introduce yourself, Craig? Who are you, and what do you do? Um, well, I'm Craig, as you as we've uh, established. Um, <laughs> I, I live in I live in Tokyo uh, now. I'm originally from Australia. Um, I have like a like a Zine review handle on Instagram, where I uh, I've ran for since about. 2018 or something like that just making video reviews um i think it was when instagram started the 60 second video thing um and i just uh yeah that's kind of what i do i review zines i I make zines i um i chat with people about zines on um on youtube with another with another friend a canadian actually who's not in vancouver but uh somewhere I, i'm not sure exactly where they live but we've never met face to face we only know each other online so yeah. uh we just chat with zinsters about their uh, about their art it's not a bad thing to do i did just google hawaii is 6980 miles away so you go. yeah you're, you're gonna find guest. someone in hawaii there's gotta be zines <laughs> somewhere in hawaii right <laughs> there is have... actually um yeah, yeah, there is. There is. This, this, I think someone was going to send me one from there or something, and it never turned up. But there, there would be, surely, surely. There's zines everywhere. 
Yeah. I mean, that's how I, I know you from kind of the internet, as, as we kind of say. I mean, I, I I got into zines in 2017, around that time, mm-hmm. and started making zines. And I think you were one of the first people I found doing reviews, like who was mm-hmm. active, because I find a lot of people do it for a little bit, and then they, they dapper off or they become something else. Um, whereas you, you were very consistently just like, and I, I liked because your, your, your reviews are very poppy in the sense that they do last like 60 seconds. You get a few few bits of information and your opinion on it. And you're like, yeah, cool, move on. I'm going to move on to the next scene. And I was like, yeah. I like that. Like that. But you, have you, have you been doing yeah. that since you started? Like... Um, well, yes, I've been doing that since 2016. But I originally heard about zines um, like 20 years ago, maybe more. When I was, like I heard... 1997, 98, um, I was in a punk band and I was kind of introduced to zines then, mm-hmm. but I never got into them that much. I wasn't really confident with my art. Uh, I wanted to kind of write. I felt like I, but I had no, no structure. I had no, my spelling was atrocious. My grammar was non-existent and I didn't know what I wanted to write. So I kind of didn't really get into them they didn't really take hold but uh yeah uh 2016 or something like that um just kind of decided to revisit them so about the same 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 kind of time i feel like i need to ask what was the name of your band because that seems like an it's important called question. mondo pest mondo pest i like that i could see it that was, being a uh, band. We were, yeah 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 we were um <clears throat> we were very raw uh, but we tried to be like it was 1997, so we tried to be like Green Day kind of thing, Screeching okay. Weasel, um, like kind of the older side of Green Day, like kind of the kind of stuff, but uh, with a bit of Ramones and the Clash kind of thrown in there. And but it was we've got a recording on Spotify or something, but it's it's absolute trash. You can. <laughs> I feel like I'm very lucky that the bands I was in when I was a teenager, we never recorded anything we did. I don't think there's a single record. We like I was in bands from being about 16 through to about 18, and it was just garage bands with friends. Mm-hmm. But it was that stage of technology where you'd still have had to have some level of aptitude to be able to record something which would play back. Uh, and it was just like, yeah, I'm very happy that none of those recordings ever ever made it ever made it what did you play um so weirdly i i played lead guitar and singing despite having very little talent in both (laughs) it was just i was the so we were a three-piece i've been in i've been in three three pieces and in each one i played guitar and i sang i can barely play rhythm guitar and i can barely sing but i'm the only one of my friends who could do both at the same time and that became uh, the key point of we could find a bassist and we could find a drummer and Graham can do something with his mouth and something with his hands. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get through it. <laughs> How about yourself? What, what's your position in a band? Uh, I play drums. Okay. <clears throat> I can see that. I can see that. And I play drums because they were like kind of the easiest thing because I've got no music ability at all. And I couldn't even contemplate trying to like move fingers and, and mm-hmm. this one at the same time and and drums is just arms 
arms and some feet and that that's kind of it like it's just hit a few uh, things they, at the time they were easy <laughs> i mean it, it i guess I, th- I think there was a saving grace in the sense of i was in metal bands and it was like as long as you apply a large amount of distortion nobody will care doesn't really matter what you play like hit a few yeah. power chords look like you you're enjoying yourself and then you'll yeah. get yourself through it. <laughs> it's interesting that you. Yeah, guys... I was. Uh... Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I was just gonna say, yeah, I was was punk, so it was. Yeah. You know, if you can keep a four four beat and uh, you know, like speed up, like do a quick two four or something, you're fine. It's uh, that was it. I remember seeing a punk band during uni who they'd followed on from quite a traditional metal band, kind of like a battle of the bands sort of thing. And the band before them had played two tracks and it had taken them, you know, eight, eight or so minutes. And the punk band came on and played <laughs> like 10 songs in that space of time. And they were like, you're going to have to really pay attention because all of our songs are really fucking short. <laughs> just kind of... I like that. I like that you can just bunch that many songs into that gap. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, Which... we had a set, like a 20 minute set of yeah, like 10 songs. And uh, I mean, sorry, um, 20, like it was maybe like 15 minutes, 15, 15 songs or something. And it was like, yeah, 10, 15 minute set or something. It was yeah. just or maybe 15, 20 minute set. And it was just like, we play four and then we take a short, like kind of break, like chat to the audience, like take a drink of water. Mm-hmm. And then we play the next four. And it was just kind of Ramon style. We, they, they used to play like a group of songs and they take a break and they go, what did we want? And then the next. So we, we copied that. It's a beautiful way to do it. It's interesting that you, you you come from that background and now you, you do very like pithy short reviews as well. If you, you don't lose that style. <laughs> no, no. And I, I kind of those short reviews come out of um, kind of my thought behind what other people were doing with reviews before I kind of started. Because um, I like you know a lot of reviews on blogs and things like that uh and of course in zines and i found like the zine world a lot of the zine world was on instagram Mm -hmm. so i didn't want them to leave instagram because nobody wants to leave that app like especially that that time that mentality was like uh they're on that app to to surf that app so i was like why don't i just make the the review here and like they just introduced the 60 second video and I was like, I could just talk about the zine and just like film it in one shot and upload it. And uh, people don't have to leave. They just, and then the zines that can share it. And it's, it's this kind of, they have the review already on this app that they're promoting on. So kind of my mentality behind it. Straight to the point. I think, I think it's effective, especially as you say, kind of like it's a, it's a hard line to tread for a lot of zine makers of where you put your stuff. And we like, we find so many people spread over so many apps and, you know, so many storefronts and it, it does become that battle of just like, Oh yeah, cool. I've got it on, I've got it on Facebook, but nobody sees it. So I'm going to push it on here and I go down here and nobody sees it. So. And you just end up in a like mass cycle of regurgitating your own content <laughs> in a way. Yeah. I- and then okay. sometimes, like your fans or people who like your stuff, will will also see it on different platforms, and you kind of like, 
I don't want to see it on all these platforms, but I understand that you're doing that. But it's like, I don't need to see this post on Facebook because I saw it on, you know, Instagram or something like that or on Twitter. Or Yeah, I dread being friends with me because all I post <laughs> is work. Like my Instagram is just the work I'm doing or whatever I'm up to, which I then automatically share to Facebook again on a page and then back to my friends yeah. who are on Facebook. Like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just bombarding you. I guarantee the majority of my friends have muted me on at least one of those apps. <laughs> Because it's just too much. It's too much. I'm just trying to beat the hell. Yeah, I'm a little bit like that. Yeah, I'm a little bit like that. I just, like I was on Twitter for a while, kind of um, within the Tokyo community. Mm. And um, because it's kind of big here. It's kind of, uh, it got big after the earthquake in like uh, 2011. It was like the only way to communicate because the telephones were down. So it became a big communication device. and with this like the tsunami kind of thing um so it's still kind of relatively big and there was uh it was a big community so yeah i got stuck onto that for a while and then um and then now i just when i post on twitter it's just like uh you know i'm selling this or you know watch this video or something like that it's just there's not a lot of me on there i think twitter is one of the few platforms where i'm still I'm less promoting on Twitter, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm more promoting on Instagram, on Facebook, because I kind of abandoned Facebook, and I just like went to a point of I'll just I'll just send products there. I don't want anything else there. I'll just send mm-hmm. products there. Whereas Twitter, I, I'm still kind of just like this is just whatever pops into my head for the day. Do you know, mm. I don't understand why you're following me? So here's a random thought <laughs> for the day. <laughs> yeah, I'm sometimes like that, but. Um, maybe more recently I'm a little bit like that now like or just I'll just share a photo that happened yesterday or something and like uh, I because personally I don't want to be on all of these apps all the time like I want to you know like everybody I want to step away from my phone and but I also like friendship and, and community and things like that so it's it's kind of a little bit bitter and a little bit sweet kind of thing. Yeah. There's definitely a sense of that. I mean, I guess that's why, um, I mean, I think the zine community has seen kind of like a bit of a rise because it, for most people, it is a paper function. It is something which takes you away from a screen because you sit down you go, all right, cool. I'm going to make something and you do something cut and paste and, and put it all together because like so your your zines you made mainly per zines right from what i remember yeah pretty yeah pretty much yeah yeah um i've just recently made i'm i'm about to put a new new one out uh this week um and i just sort of got back into making them but uh, mm-hmm. one or two years ago uh yeah just all per zines um st- lived stories kind of stuff like yeah, basically Persians. Why Persians? I'm curious. Because I, I shy away from Persians. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's actually... A Persian was kind of the first zine I, I, I come across. Okay. Um, I'm a big fan of this zinester that's been doing it since the 80s called Comet Boss. Uh, American guy... He's 
kind of from Berkeley, kind of come out of the Green Day scene, same kind of area, and well, the same area. They were friends, basically. And he's a uh, he's there was a period where he's were kind of pre close to Perzines. Maybe they weren't one hundred percent true stories, but I really resonated with his style of writing, and that's what made me want to write or or gave that's what gave me permission to 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 write like mm-hmm. it was like yeah yeah okay if he can do it i can do it that was my connection to writing and uh, i think that's kind of these zines have kind of changed over the years and he's you know he's been doing it for 40 years so he's probably got all different types um but yeah i i, I don't know that's the that's that's what I think about. I, I think about personal stuff. I think about um, how about my life or, or what other people's, you know, I'm one of those, like many people, a people watcher and I, I'm kind of watching how people act in situations and what they're doing. And, and then sometimes my imagination goes, oh, maybe they're doing this and maybe they're doing. So it's even a lot of my stories are really set in in real life or truth mm-hmm. and then sometimes i kind of just add a bit of sugar and cardamom and salt and just kind of spice it up a little bit to, to make it to make it just a little 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 sweeter a little little more sour yeah, I, I think you have to i think it's uh well yeah you, you have to just kind of you know embellish this little part and you know extend the days to make it sound longer or something or more i don't know more more difficult to overcome or something like that so there's nothing wrong with that no i think that's the beauty of writing it allows us to do that i think it's there's a there's a very strange idea or there's a there's a very strange idea i have with people who are very restrictive of language and they're very restrictive of certain ways to write there's a way to write there's a correct way to write Mm -hmm. especially in the uk you get a lot of this the queen's english Mm -hmm. and all those kinds of things and when you you sit and consider it you're like well if it's if it takes away from the emotion you're you're putting into the writing, if writing in that manner removes that emotion, then that's wrong. That you should yeah. write in the way which embellishes it, the way which gives the reader that sense of what you're reading. So when you're reading it, you're like, yeah, actually, no, I understand it. I understand this character more because it's written in a way which is more towards that character or thematically involved within it. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting though yeah as i said yeah, with the of... style of writing sorry go ahead i was just gonna say the style of writing kind of pulls you in like you know if yeah. it is not classic style it's like you have to there's a reason behind that you know the writer hasn't especially if you're reading a, a published book it's it's written in that style because the writer wants you to read in that style they could have wrote in a classier style or a more traditional style, but that's the setting you've got. Mm-hmm. I guess. I like. I think. I think more people should use words like that because I think writing, because there is so many rules to writing, like you know, even basic rules, you know, capital letters, full stops, all that kind of nonsense. I think it should be used in more abstract ways, like paint would be you know there's rules to paint you you know what rules you, you can mix paints in certain colors mix to make certain colors but at some point you're going to sit there and go hmm 
I should mix red and blue and make a really crap purple because that would work for this. And I feel like, yeah, you know, if, if putting a capital letter in the middle of a word helps the story by giving you like a visual indication of something gone awry, then why not do that and just throw that into the story? There's not enough of that for my personal. I don't think there is. Yeah. I'm trying to think if, if there is or how much of that there actually is like, there's probably a lot I'm not aware of, mm. but um, that is really interesting. You know, like that's, uh, I think sometimes you see it, but not often. There's a book, um, weirdly I discussed this author on the last podcast I recorded, um, Chuck Palahniuk, the the author of uh, Fight Club and, and all, all many other books, has a book yeah. called Survivor. I don't know if you read it, um, which is essentially, yeah. it's, it's a really interesting story. The, but the book is printed backwards. So mm-hmm. it's printed, you know, covers on the right side, back covers on the right side. And when you open it, you read the first page and the first page is the last page. And if you were to read the book from back to front, it would make complete sense as a story, but it's not intended to be read back to front. It's meant to be that every page you finish, you are then going back a page in the story. And so the sentences don't follow on at the start of every single page. So it's the most confusing thing to read as you're going through because you know you're always a page behind. And it's told that way because it's it's told from the perspective of a black a black box on a plane crash. So uh-huh. you're reading the black box and you're reading it backwards. So if you read it back to front, you will get a perfect perfect view of the story. But you're you're not. You're looking at it from layer upon layer of a black box. And I I, I read it once and I read it as intended from the back to front. I was like, this is fantastic. I am so confused, but that's good. <laughs> and some people. It hate sounds it. amazing. It's, it's, it sounds amazing. It's a great little book, and it, it is one of those things of yeah. If you want to read it traditionally, you can do. It. You just read the book backwards, and it makes perfect sense because it's a book, you know, written in the right way. But you're meant to read it back to front. Wow, it's, it's a missed opportunity. I feel that a lot of people have with writing and books is you, you're handing someone off a tome an object why not use the physicality of that object to add to whatever you're doing while you're doing it which i think is why i like zines because it's something people do in zines yeah it's 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 kind of a place to play isn't it it's it's, uh it's you know usually relatively inexpensive and it's a place where you can um play and just you know do whatever you want there's no rules there's no uh there's no rules well depending on who you talk to in the zine community yeah i guess so i I can't stop thinking about that book that is um that is so cool that is uh i'm gonna i'm gonna have to uh, interesting ways about it I don't, I mean, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's it's a mix. It's a strange mix. But I, I think I think it's interesting you mentioned the the, the whole idea of kind of um, people watching and you know retelling stories you see around you. I think there's almost like an inherentness of creators to people watch, and I don't know don't know if you'd mm. agree. It's, it seems like. There's people who make things in any regard, whether it be music, writing, or whatever. We're almost we almost do it naturally, 
and I don't know why that is. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know why, but I think it's because we're a lot of people are really uh, we're interested in other people's perspective and, and how they how other people act and think in different in this maybe the same situation you're in or different situations and. Because I think we kind of think a lot about how we're acting or what we're doing. And it's, you kind of like, oh, that was a bit weird. Like if you have a weird interaction with a shop assistant, you're like, oh, that was a bit weird. And then, and then like when you go to maybe the next shop, you're like kind of, you know, if you're a, a person behind in the line, you're watching what the, the other person's doing. You're like, how are they interacting? And then, but yeah, I don't like... It isn't, you know, it's it's something a lot of creators are really interested in, whether it's, you know, you want to work at the position someone's standing so you can maybe paint someone doing that or or if it's, uh, you know, to get like a, to take a photography, uh, take a photo or something like that. Um, Just naturally yeah, do I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's almost creepy, like the level at which we do it, though, because we just retain information. I know, like, uh, I, uh, I, I know, I, I, I kind of do it to a creepy level too. Um, like, I can't remember uh, okay, what I'll, I did I'll, yesterday, but I can tell you details about people from months ago. <laughs> yeah, something I, I can, I've worked, I currently work as a coffee maker at the moment, and I've done also in the past, and um, I, if you order the same drink more than twice, and you might only come once a month. I will remember how you have your drink. If you have any sugar, if you don't, if like I used to work like 20, 20 21 years ago, or no, no, maybe not that long, a, a few years, like 15 to 20. Um, I worked as a coffee maker in the city in Melbourne and coffee is really big in Melbourne. You know, it's, it's popular like everywhere and, and the cafe was right in the dead center of the city. And next door was a language school, an English learning language school. So at, uh, between 8.30, let's say 8.30 and 9.30, there was uh, people coming to the office, to the CBD, to, you know, businessmen. There was uh, teachers for the school next door. There was students from all around the world uh, for the school next door. So there would be groups of 20 people standing in front of me and I, I had this window at the, at the cafe and I just we could look out and I would look at people's faces and I'd go okay that's a hot chocolate that's a latte with one sugar that's a cappuccino and I didn't know anybody's name but I knew all of their drinks and I would just make them they wouldn't even have to say anything and I would put it on the counter and say you know two dollars fifty thanks three dollars thanks and they'd just be like looking at me like how do you I'm just I just remember I just it's, it's crazy. It's, I, I don't. It's kind of like I don't know. Like the idea of just like ignoring names for the rest of your life and just looking at people and be like, "It's a latte." So, like, did you speak to Jim? Uh, no, no, no. You mean flat white? Like, it's just yeah. Well, faces. I'm faces. I'm pretty good at too. Not just their drinks, but faces. Like, um, faces. I'm pretty good at. And then if I can attach the name, I will eventually learn the name. But the name is like kind of pretty low on the rung. <laughs> I'm kind of like, okay, what do they drink? Yep. <laughs> What's their face? Uh, 
I, I, I'm terrible names, names and place names, street names, anything like that. Just they drift out of my head. But, you know, if you were wearing an interesting coat that day, maybe, you know, I can probably tell you about the coat you were wearing. Or, you know, you may have mentioned an idea to me and my brain would have gone, oh, that's that person who thinks turtles are from space. I remember that. But I couldn't tell you what they're called for the life of me. <laughs> I work with hundreds of people. Yeah, I used to... Um... When I lived in the UK, I used to go into like Piccadilly Circus and I'd just sit on the bench and just people watch for hours. And I had no, I had no friends. I had, no, you know, I had nothing to do, maybe a book in my pocket. And I would just do just weird shit like that. Like just, it's one of I want to see what's happening. Yeah. I want to. People, I, I think it's, it's quite a strange thing of when I go like on holiday somewhere or wherever, there'll be days where I do literally nothing but wonder. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of walking wherever I'm going in a city, like even London, it'll be, you know, most people will be like, Oh, you just take the tube from such and such. I'm like, nah, I'll walk for an hour. You know, it's an hour. The things I'll see on that walk will be yeah. more interesting than what I'm going to see trapped in a tube underground. And yeah, I'll just walk around. You know, I'll just be watching people. I'll, I'll go sit in a park for like two hours through three hours. And I'm like, well, what did you do with your holiday that day? And I was like, just chill out in a park for a little while, you know, watch some Londoners because they're interesting as creatures. <laughs> yeah. I used to go into the city. I lived in, uh, I lived in a couple of places when I lived in London, but I'd go into the city and uh, I don't remember the street names, but I used to have the big HMV, uh, on the main, it was kind of like a big main street. It was near maybe, it was Charing Cross Road that ran down to Trafalgar Square, I think. Okay. And then there was a big main, main one. It made this big triangle anyway. And I used to just walk around this triangle and I would just watch all these people shop. I'd watch people like, um, like groups of, groups of people, like just like trying to uh, pickpocket and shit like that, or like yeah. take stuff out of people's bags. I'd watch them, uh, you know, the way they used to stuff the tissues up the uh, the bus ticket, um, where people would buy their bus tickets. Yeah. People would stuff tissues up there so they wouldn't get their change, and they'd get their ticket, and then they'd be like, "Oh, what the fuck!" And then like, so they'd come back and they'd just pull out the tissue, and then all of the change would drop. And I just watch all of that shit happen. It used to be amazing. I used to love it. Or like, I remember seeing two. Uh, two younger women like window shopping basically and then like these these maybe two or three dudes kind of wander past and then like notice oh maybe we could get something out of their bag and they could kind of loiter and, and i used to love watching that shit god that's the that's the stuff you want to see like i'm not fussed about going to see you know whatever's big or whatever's going on you know i'm just curious about what people are doing in their day-to-day just you know yeah. yeah. Well, that's insane though. That's like the fourth location you've mentioned you've lived. <laughs> you just lived everywhere. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um I well I lived I grew up in Australia. Right. Um I went to Thailand for two weeks, didn't live there. Lived in London for about a year and a half and spent two months in Paris and a month in Italy in that sort of period. Uh visited San Francisco Fiji for a holiday, Japan, and Taipei. But but yeah, like that's maybe it, nine places or something. I was, I've lived in like three countries, I guess. Just, yeah. Just took up and was just like, you know what? I don't want to stay in the same place for, <laughs> for that long. 
Well, I did it when I was young. I felt kind of like I don't really belong here in Australia. It's right. like I want to try to find somewhere I feel comfortable living in. And my, you know, my uh, my grandparents, my my grandfather on my mother's side is uh, from Isle of Man. Okay. Um, so and then my father's side is maybe two or three generations uh, kind of British, we think. We're not, it's not 100% sure, but. Everybody's kind of British. We were in too many yeah. places not to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a whole different, it's a whole different street. <laughs> let's, let's just make, let's, let's keep driving past that street. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's the sole subject of whenever I meet anyone of just kind of like, oh yeah, you're, you're from such and such country. And in the back of my head, I'm just like, yeah, there's a chance we just did terrible things in your country. And I really hope it doesn't come up in this conversation. But <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um. Just to like stop and just look down that street. I will mention a podcast that I do listen to. It's called Stuff the British Stole. Okay. And Sounds it's cool. it's about it's it's a written uh, it's made by an Australian guy. Um, uh, and he kind of just looks at one object or, or something and he kind of gives the, the history of, and it's usually something a British person stole or something like that or took I mean took from another country. So it's a, it's quite an interesting podcast, actually. It's a, it's 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 a strange, yeah. It's a, it's a strange burden to bear as a British person to know you robbed the world. It's it's at times you feel kind of proud of it because you're just like, yeah, we did do all of that, and now we have like a weird cockiness about it. But because we're British, mm. we're extremely guilty about it at the same time. Yeah. So we just yeah we just play it off and downplay ourselves for the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh, I don't know. It's... That's... I think that, that conversation, that, that could just... It could go in so much. It's it's a, it's a crazy thing. Um, you know, even... You know, my parents... You know, my grandparents, you know, my, my family history is kind of... Is from there and... Yeah. you know moving to australia and, and then the whole kind of the history of that is just it's phenomenal it's just it, it goes so long in any way shape or form when you you start when you start to pick apart histories of anywhere and where you connect to it's yeah i think it's it's a rabbit hole but i think it, it comes back to that point of i think that's almost inherently human to want to do that a little bit regardless of where you come from the good or the bad or the ugly when you look at your your back and you go okay well this is what this is where i come from there's a level of i need to know like i almost don't care how bad it got i need to know what happened and i and i find it strange when you meet people who were like no we ignore that you know we're we're not gonna yeah we're not gonna discuss that i think there's there's certain types of people that need to not like you know like you say there's people that just ignore there's some people that that need to know and uh, because it's not it's not taught, it's one of those things that uh, that isn't taught in schools and and mm. uh, no matter what kind of western society you come from America Britain you know Australia maybe even South Africa it's there's 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 so much unknown information that that you 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 have to dig if you want to know you have to dig and it's 
it's actually really hard to dig if you're not um, if you're not I don't know can connected it to the right people or living in the same like you know i'm here in japan now and in the last couple of years i've really wanted to understand more of that history of of, um the invasion of australia and it's it's kind of difficult there's a little bit of stuff on the internet and well there's kind of a lot of stuff on the internet but it's a lot of it is general stuff yeah to, to really find the the nuts and bolts it's kind of you you kind of have to be there and go to some place where there's kind of an archive and or, or visit some of the communities or something like that where um where like uh where you can talk to you know indigenous people and hear more of kind of the background so it's been yeah. difficult living here and wanting to find out more definitely and i think especially when you you're in a country and they, that country doesn't necessarily want you to know or they don't want you to focus on that, you know. I mean, I think the UK is a great example of that. We have, you know, if you look at our current government, if they don't like looking at the bad stuff, they point to, you know, they'll point you to the victories and they'll point you to the, the things which we we won, so to speak. And they'll say, oh, yeah, well, you know, we recognize the other stuff, but we don't talk about that. And then when you come from the outside and you say, well, no, we want to know about that, it's seen as a bit of like maybe a little bit of an attack because those are the things we put in. We put in archives, we put in vaults and we 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 push push to the side. And it's hard to get that information, as yeah. you say. And I think you do. You have to go to you have to go again back to the people. You have to go to the ones who yeah. are willing to talk about those stories and willing to put that information out into the world in some format. And and I think you know, um, it's, if you're talking about some sort of like, especially indigenous communities, a lot of that isn't online, or it's very because it's not popular. You kind of have to really try to really fucking search for it. Like, um, so it can be difficult if if you're not living in the right area. It might not be another country. It might be just you live in a small town. And you just don't have the absolute the means it's it's it, you know it shouldn't be but you know but it is I'm, I'm curious then i mean you've got quite a history in terms of you know growing up in a in the, like i guess the early early 90s punk scene and being involved in zines and, and bits and bobs like that there was a term which reminded me the other day because i completely forgot the term existed and it was counterculture and this whole whole idea of being part of the counterculture and being part of you know that revolutionary idea of just standing up for other things and and being that slightly underground level of whether that even exists anymore because the internet has made everything an amalgamation. I'm kind of curious what you think. Um. Well, I don't. I did like. I didn't really think of it in those terms in, in, mm. in that kind of period like it was just um i just knew i didn't fit in like i i kind of uh you know i think going back a little bit i think i've lived in a couple of different places because when i grew up i, I actually moved a lot i moved in the same town but i i, I moved i don't know between like being born and 18 years old i lived in like 20 different houses Okay. And so I kind of went to a, 
in that time, I went to a lot of different schools. I went to five different primary schools, and then I ended up at the same one for this for like my fifth move that I started at, kind of thing. I started and finished. I bookend bookended right. uh, yeah. at the same school, and uh, a couple of different high schools. So I just never really fit in. So I didn't really feel like. Feel like I needed to rebel or counterculture against them. And it's like you know, it was just like, where, where, where is people talking about the things that I have experienced or something? And I think that's kind of how I just, I kind of stumbled across punk and, and I was kind of into skateboarding at that time. I skateboarded all through my teens. So um, I don't know. You know, in skateboarding, there's a lot of lot of g- degenerates, and we kind of. Uh, and you know, like that usually has different musical types. There was, you know, people in the death death metal, and you know, and like they're into punk and stuff like that. And and they're also, you know, kind of into rap, like in the kind of nineties kind of genres of these. Mm. Um, and and yeah, I guess that's that's kind of I just fit in, fitted into it, and maybe it has died counterculture. I don't know. It's uh it feels like we're all a lot more connected. Yeah. Like, uh, I sometimes I think, how did we, you know, how did we meet people before the internet? You know, uh, I, and I guess that's that's a big question. I've I've had this with a few few different artists friends. We've sat there and said to one another, right, consider the internet didn't exist and we were artists in the eighties. How in the world would you have got your work out? to anybody <laughs> and all of a sudden there went you know what i i don't know if i if i would have been able to because like we're, we're all you know a few of us from small towns we're not from big cities so there wasn't a huge music scene um there wasn't you know huge venues to go do things you couldn't rent anything because there was no money it was like yeah we we just wouldn't and now we've been given access to the world <laughs> Yeah, I think it was just like, like if if it was any good, it would make it somewhere. Mm. Like it might not make it, you know, around the world, but if it was any good, it would usually, it would make it somewhere. I guess, you know, that's where, you know, zines and just even just general mail and, you know, bookstores played a big part in that, you know, like uh, secondhand bookstores and things like that, they would. Uh, like that's where that's where people kind of went. Magazines, magazines, you know, magazines used to be huge, and there was all different types. There wasn't just the, you know, the the rich ones that are that are you know available now. It yeah. was it was all different, you know. So I think, uh, and also like maybe not on a global level, but on a national level, like you know, bands would play, and and sometimes there'd be like the dark. Uh, the diehard fans that would go to every gig and they would maybe go into your town and go, oh, I also saw this band open up for for them. And like bands would take other local bands on tour. Like that's just how people kind of got out there. And it's, a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. And, it's one of those things where like, I can't decide if I can't decide if it's better or worse, essentially in our situation to be, creating because i think like early on when you people were making things i think there was a level of you could work on things in the dark for quite a long time 
you know you you could like you could be a band or you could be an artist and you'd be working on things and then you'd maybe have a friend or a couple of friends who do something similar to your style and that would be a style which was gradually forming and gradually building and then a whole community could grow that idea before it even met the public eye whereas now Mm -hmm. if something gets even slightly popular someone gets hold of it it goes viral through one means Mm -hmm. or another and suddenly it becomes a commodity you know it becomes you know like whatever like i think cottage car which is on instagram is a huge example of this it's just a style of fashion someone started dressing in a certain way and was like yeah yeah i'm gonna call it cottage car and then someone else did it and instantly it was like thousands of people like yeah cottage car is a thing now this is just the thing of the week and i'm like that's really strange because you you think like 90s i would have been like one town one group of friends would start dressing away. They would have gone to a gig or something, a town over. And then they would have started in like, oh, you know, have you seen that band? I like that band. And it would gradually build. And there'd be that opportunity for a baseline of this is how this works. This is a community. This is what we're all about. And now that opportunity for a baseline just, just vanishes because you're either nothing or you're something. Yeah. And I don't know if that's better or worse. Like, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Well, it kind of creates a um, homogenous kind of thing of it. Like, you know, for example, so, you know, like maybe in the 90s, uh, you know, something new. So, like, maybe, you know, vegan, hardcore kind of, you know, uh, shelter and minor threat. And, you know, like, you have like a, um, I don't know, what do you call it? Like, a, just a group of friends, like, you know, in an area, in a town. Yeah. And, like, his cousin from the city will come come and visit and be like oh check out this zine i found at the local uh local record store or you know cd shop and uh and they would introduce and you'd have this one interview uh, with maybe ian mckay from minor threat and it would be he would talk about veganism and straight edge and you know and and that would be and then they would kind of, that area would put their own slice on it, their own kind of twist on it. Yeah. And it wouldn't be, and then like that would kind of grow. But now, like you say, with, with kind of the, the spread of information or the easy access of information, you can kind of get uh, this and this and this, and you kind of have the whole picture and not kind of this little corner of a photograph used to have you'd be like what is this vegan straight edge straight edge you know kind of stuff what is what is this and then you'd kind of have to try to make up the rest of the photo but you know between you and your friends or you would have to search to fill in the photo but i think that's interesting like you kind of just mentioned then like the whole idea of different communities getting hold of something and putting their own slant on it like 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 you're saying like with um, kind of the punk scene of like every area of every country had a different style of punk you know and Mm. same with like rap music did exactly the same thing depending on the city you were from depending on the type of rap music you made and that was that was the point you it had that like we're saying like that baseline to go okay it's going to spread it's going to spread gradually and then by the time it gets big it's going to be diverse in its own sense Mm. whereas now like you know, we'd be saying you 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 put something out. The guy who's thousands of miles away is going to see exactly the same thing as you, and they're going to post it online. So, 
their difference isn't going to matter because someone else will adapt it and that will spread so quickly and just engulf one another. Which is kind of sad, I guess. Mm. Maybe you have to try harder now. Well, it's, it's just different, isn't it? It's, just, it's different. Like, I think, uh, I think we, we, you kind of have to, you know, accept as, as, uh, as, you know, this kind of becomes such, such, you know, it, it's just part of our lives now. It's mm-hmm. just a different way of, of doing things, you know? You know, they probably had the same conversation when cars come out, you know? People are like, oh, but we won't be able to catch the train and chat to people and, and what, you know, like, what, are we going to just, you know, just drive by myself? Who am I going to talk to? How am I going to read the newspaper and drive at the same time? Like, they, they probably went through the same, you know, growing pains mentally than, than, that that this kind of topic kind of uh, produces as well. So I love the idea of that of someone just being like, "Wait, I can't read the paper <laughs> at the same time." <laughs> 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 this is the tragedy. The car is an absolute failure. No one will ever want to do it. If I can't smoke my pipe and drive at the same time, there is no point. <laughs> I need to get from A to B. <laughs> seatbelt. How am I supposed to put on a seatbelt and get out of the car? I, I want to be out of the car in seconds. Not. <laughs> It's yeah, yeah. It's, it's like I say that I think it encourages. Like I said, I don't think I just said like I said too many times. I don't think um, there's a level of being angry about it. I think a lot of people get very angry about how things have changed, and mm-hmm. like m- myself and you and anyone in the zine community, there is a level of us wanting to go. Okay, well, we can still make paper things. And that is still a very individualistic act. And I spoke to J.L. Carbett about zines, wrote about how self-publishing is is still a revolutionary act. It's still one of these things of you're doing it yourself, you're putting it out yourself, and you control who it goes to on some level, and that's that's unique to you. And I think having access to large amounts of information, instantaneous acts of information, forces you to try and find other ways to make it unique, you know and make it mm-hmm. distinct to your town or your place and say, okay, well, we have this huge thing, you know, like next year tomatoes could be the viral hit of the year. Everyone's like, oh, we're into tomatoes mm. now. Kids are eating tomatoes by the bucket full. <laughs> you know, but someone tomato over there latte. is like, yeah, tomato latte. That guy's ordered tomato latte two times in a row. He's the tomato latte guy. <laughs> and I think there's a level of you can kind of sit there and go, all right, well, that's a thing. And But then a group of your friends will go, well, no. We're into tomatoes, but only, you know, slightly green tomatoes. I like, I like the slightly green. And then you suddenly got this niche within the tomato community. And you have to reach out and be like, no, we, we've got a large thing. We can have, anyone can have a large thing. That's, that's the thing now. Well, we can make something unique. Why? Yeah. Just because we can. <laughs> mm. There's got to be a level of you can do it to do it. Yeah, I think... Um... You know, I think also with zines, like making a zine, or if you've made a zine for like a number of years, it's kind of the uh, it's kind of the same thing. So hang on, so let me sort of change. So if you want to make a zine about a topic, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, yeah, I know a lot about tomato tomatoes, and you're like, okay, I know a lot about tomatoes, and you're like, and then you you sit down and you write, make a zine, you make issue number one the tomato zine and you're like shit i don't know anything else about tomatoes and you're like oh everything i know is in this one zine 
And then you're like, if I want to make issue number two, I need to find out something else. Like, let's look at the, the vine of the tomato or the soil. How does the soil affect the growing of the tomato or the climate? Then all of a sudden, with a zine, especially as a, as a vehicle, you kind of have to travel down this road of this of this tomato. Like you, the issue number one was a tomato. Every you know you know this thing, and yep. and now, like I say, you've burnt out all of your information. So issue number two, and you have to dig deeper. And then if you want to make issue number three, you're going to go even deeper still. And how much? How often should you water a tomato plant? Like, can you overwater? Like, maybe you can. Can you underwater? Of course, you can underwater. They die. I've killed one spring of 2020. <laughs> um, but <laughs> it's, it's, I think, you know, like zines become this kind of vehicle of you've got all of this regular culture, this modern day culture, this tomato, 2022 tomatoes. But then zines give you this, yeah, zines give you this vehicle to go, hang on, okay, let's look at this uh, current culture and let's, let's, let's dig a little bit deeper and, and that can be written work, photography work, or you know, it, you know, painting or anything like that. Uh, I know. Definitely, I think zines they they encourage you to look a little more. Even if, I guess maybe this is the point of zines and people like ourselves who do people watch who do look a little deeper just naturally because that's what we do. You know, we look at a cup and we go, oh, okay, it's a cup. I want to know more about it. I want to know where it came from, what's mm. inside of it. And some people yeah. will look at a cup and be like, it's a cup, don't really care about it. And yeah. then, you know, as soon as you write something down about it, you're you're piquing their interest because you wrote you wrote about this cup? Why did you write about this cup? There can't be that much to say. And suddenly you've published five issues about this singular cup. And so, hey, different cups, about yeah. different makes of cups and and beautiful designs of cups and different handles. And like this one has very, very, you know, just a normal kind of handle, but sometimes you get elaborate handles. Yeah. Comfortable, comfortable handles. Exactly. I mean, mine was mine. I guess mine's not a cup. It's a mug technically, which is a whole other conversation. It's got What's the, the difference. The Muppets What's the difference? <laughs> I don't know. This is a conversation I had years ago where someone, I think someone was like in their first year of philosophy and they'd, they'd gotten this lecture from their teacher, which is basically about how to discuss the difference between a cup and a mug and how that could lead to a whole philosophical conversation. And I was like, I just, I'm, it's too early in the morning to sit and discuss. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and what defines the pair? Well, you could do a zine about it. You could do a whole whole thing about that. But yeah. You could. I think... probably, there is probably a zine on it. If you just, you know, I don't know, if you search around or, you know, send enough mail out, like a, a zine, <clears throat> a zine about cup versus mug, or what's the difference, is probably available. Likely available. And this is what's cool about zines. Someone's made a zine about almost, almost fucking every anything. You know, <laughs> they're like, they're a, they're a strange active encouragement into the world. I think zines. It's you know, regardless of however you use them, whether you're using them for catharsis of just getting something out, whether you've, you've got physical information you want to put into the world or just like, this is how the things work or this is how things should work in your opinion. Yeah. I think, yeah, they're, they're an active little bit of a nudge for the general public and for others who are just like, yeah, yeah, look a little deeper. Pick at that scab once in a while. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Like... 
they're they're such a like they they can be so so many different things, can't they? Like uh, before I said about veganism, strange. I used to go to the you know you go to punk shows in the nineties and when you go and see a straight edge band, it would be like a ta- like everyone had tables there, mm-hmm. like tabling, you know, like you'd have a zine fest now, like bands that have you know their merch. Maybe you had you know merch, a homemade t shirt and some some you know packages and maybe at the straight edge shows there'd be like zines on veganism and animal animal cruelty and things like that and and you know they just and then like. You know, Zinfest, you could go to one and there would be a table like that, uh, like a veganism table, and then the next table would be about a scene about tomatoes. And you'd just be like, like, what the, like, how do these things connect? But yet the two Zinfest would be chatting, just, just, oh, yeah, yeah. So, what do you, you know, like, yeah, they're a weird vehicle. They're a weird vehicle, but I think, yeah, they're, they're, they're quite an important one, I think. Like, the, the more, yeah. the longer I spend in the zine, world as it were which i i always say i accidentally fell into the zine world because i you know was never intending to make zines it wasn't something i was really aware of until 2017 like i knew of comic zines but that's about as far as go and i was to me it was just yeah it's just comics that's how you get comics um and i think the longer i spend in it the more i learn about it the goods the bads you know there's that's part of any community i think the world we have now the zines are serving more and more of a purpose they served their initial purpose of like a scream of this is what we're doing and we want to spread information and that's how we spread information and now we have information we've got almost too much information but they encourage now a creativity and a, a personality which information is now lacking because we have in yeah, yeah they're, they're creating a connection also for for uh, for you know two people to have or, or you know you to have with somebody or you know or that person to have with many people. You know, because like you say, um, now we have all of the information online. Now we all have our own online personalities, or you know, our, you know whether you're trying to or not. You, there's some kind of there's some kind of hue to your to your character online, mm. um, and zines kind of just take all take that all away, and it kind of gives I don't know it's an undistracted moment that you can have in a connection, whether that whatever the theme of that connection might be. But it's just you know you don't have to scroll past; just have a look at these couple of pages. I've just put a couple of pages together. Just 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 flick through them, put your favorite music on, or sit in front of the heater, or grab a cup of tea. And just enjoy it, and it's it's a moment that people don't have anymore. Like we don't sit down and like nobody reads the fucking newspaper anymore. Um, nobody like not many people pick up a book anymore. So it's most zinesters probably do, but it's I don't know. It's 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 special moments now. It's kind of yeah. yeah. I think that's a very good point to round this out on. I think that's. <laughs> A wonderful message to push out into the world, Craig. Oh, thank you. Hopefully you've enjoyed chatting to me today, Craig. Hopefully it's not been... Definitely, definitely. I've been a big fan. I've been a big fan of yours for, um, for I don't know, maybe, I'd say a year, maybe it's longer, but yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of the show, uh, both on YouTube and uh, just in like my uh, 
my iTunes pod, uh, podcasting. You're my my one listener in Japan. Then. <laughs> when I look at my analytics, I'm like, who the hell is listening in Japan? That's great. Anyway, yeah, that's, great. that's me. That's, that's definitely you. Well, no, I appreciate that, man. That's, yeah, I, I think it was when we tried to set this up and come to have a conversation, I think it was you know, one of those ones of like, I feel like for a while I'd been thinking about asking you to come on. And I was like, mm-hmm. it might be busy, you might have time. And obviously arranging time periods between time zones is a huge thing for especially mm. for some people. I was like, okay, yeah, no, I'm happy. I think that's we we've made some great points. That that sounds more like therapy. We've had, made some great points today. <laughs> no, I, I'm uh, very, very honored and flattered to, to, to be on here. I, I think it's uh, I really like I say, you know, I'm not a, I'm a fan because <clears throat> I like the way you think. But not not like uh, I agree with every everything you say, but like your style of thinking, like it's it's very different to mine, mm-hmm. and uh, I kind of really enjoy that, and I enjoy where um, where you go with guests with the conversations. Like you'll start very general, and then like you know, thirty minutes in, you're you're kind of on this rocky path and i'm like wow that's really interesting stuff and then and then even just your solo stuff i enjoy i enjoy uh i enjoy them nice little bite-sized 20 minute stuff i like that before you know it you're discussing tomatoes someone's gonna send me one one day <laughs> at the end of this someone, made, someone will make a tomato scene someone needs to reach out to craig send him a tomato scene to review and blow his mind <laughs> Yeah, note. yeah, just just uh, send me a message. I'll, I don't have a PO box. I don't think they do PO boxes here, so I just have to give my actual address out. So, I mean, yeah, it's a long way to come to stalk you. <laughs> it's a long old day. Look, if someone tries to stalk me, I'm probably stalking them anyway. I'm probably yeah, really we've, we've established this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On that note, we'll round this out, and we will talk to these guys later. <laughs>